Hello, and welcome in to part one of our week two preview, coming at you with the AFC home games here in part one, as well as our injury news and notes, as up-to-date as we can be, recording about an hour before the start of tonight's Thursday night game between the Eagles and the Vikings. How are we doing today, Cody? Excited for another week of football? Yeah, Absolutely. Can't be more excited. Obviously, this one may have a little bit of different energy. We'll see how uh, how my Thursday night football bets as well as my fantasy players do tonight. The uh, part two might be a little more dreary depending on how the night goes. So <laughs> at least we get half of them with some good attitude before uh, before they could potentially be ruined. But yeah, I'm pretty pumped. Uh, do you have anybody playing tonight? I don't have that many people involved in tonight's game. I have one league with Jalen Hurts. Uh, I have a share or two of Devontae Smith. But, uh, yeah, mostly just guys I am going against tonight. So we are uh, just on the defensive end of things this evening. Hopefully we see a relatively low-scoring slugfest in tonight's game, although the total of 48.5 would suggest otherwise. So, um do you have anything else on the Thursday night game you want to throw out there? Go ahead. Otherwise, hit that drop, baby. Yep. Let's just go ahead and do a quick plug. If you are listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Uh, make sure to leave a five-star review. I believe we're still at 12 on Apple Podcasts, so if you're listening and you have not, make sure to leave that five-star review for us. And then uh, if you are also listening, make sure to just, just go tell one friend about the podcast. Maybe your friend that needs a little bit of help in fantasy football, maybe had a bad week one, a tough trade that he went through this week that uh, you know you know we wouldn't recommend. Recommend, recommend them to the show. We'd be happy to help them out and grow the following. So, uh, Nick, I don't have anything else other than that. Here we go. Have you heard the news? Time for Nick's news and notes from around the NFL. have a decent amount of updates on some injuries we talked about on the Thursday night football preview. Not a lot of good updates uh, throughout the NFL here. Most uh, most of the guys that missed practice Wednesday also missed Thursday. I wanted to start out here with the Darren Waller situation. He's dealing with uh, what is described as a chronic hamstring issue that will probably linger all season. It's, uh, it's a nerve, not a muscle. I'm not a doctor. Uh, I don't know exactly what this means from a medical perspective, but it does not sound great from a fantasy perspective. Basically, uh, he was quoted as saying that it uh, is kind of restricting him from getting to his top speed. And uh, on the NFL field, you don't want to have any limitations. So uh, I don't know what you are doing here, like actionably with Darren Waller. I think you're probably just going to have to hold him and hope that he can kind of fight through this. But not a great start to the season for the New York Giants and uh, Darren Waller owners especially. So I don't know if you have any actionable advice here, Cody, or if you kind of just have to hang on if you have them, but uh, what do you think? After you recommend that friend that gets screwed over in a trade our uh, fantasy football show, go ahead and send him over a Darren Waller trade and see if they'll yeah. accept it <laughs> and see if you can go ahead and get some kind of valuable piece for him because – um, while he may not miss games due to this being a nerve, not a muscular issue, it just seems like he's going to be limited, which where you drafted him as a tight end, you're not going to be happy with his produ- production throughout the season, most likely. So even if you had to trade him for some kind of flexible piece, I- I'd be okay just getting something for Waller and going to the streaming category because there's a good chance you're probably going to have to at some point this season anyway. Yeah, that hamstring has been a problem for him for a couple of years now. I'm not sure if it has been, you know, this nerve issue specifically all this time or if it was just a coincidence that was the same hamstring. But either way, 
uh, not great for a guy in his 30s to uh, you know be worrying about getting or having to you know pull up before he gets to top speed uh, before you know injuring his hamstring further. So we'll keep an eye on this one. Hopefully he's able to play through it. But uh, yeah, you might want to downgrade Waller a little bit value wise moving forward. Zach Moss, he practiced in full today. Looks like he will start this Sunday. That is the end of the good news as far as injuries are concerned. Austin Eckler did not practice on Thursday. Definitely have to keep an eye on his availability this weekend. Friday practice should tell us a lot. Aaron Jones and Christian Watson did not practice Thursday. I would be really surprised if Watson's out there this weekend. Jones, uh, I think, is still pretty 50-50. So, again, keep an eye on him. Uh, D-Hop did not practice Thursday. Looks like that was not a uh, veteran rest day on Wednesday. So his status is uh, TBD right now. Keep an eye on it. Uh, I haven't heard anything about it being a serious injury. So I think there's still a good chance he plays, but uh, definitely just keep, uh, you know, keep monitoring it if you have D-Hop in your lineup. Brandon Cooks, this one snuck under the radar until I noticed this uh, come across the wire. Actually, Cody put this one in for me, but I saw it just before we started. Dealing with a sprained MCL uh, per Clarence Hill, Cowboys beat writer, that is a multi-week injury. There's no way he's playing this Sunday uh, if that's true. So uh, Brandon Cooks probably going to be out a while. Michael Gallup might be worth a flyer on your bench in some deeper leagues. Uh, so yeah, yeah, Brandon Cooks, make alternate plans. He is not going to be out there for a couple weeks. Deontay Johnson says that he's day-to-day conflicting with the previous report we gave you on uh, Wednesday that he is going to be out for four weeks. I would believe the previous report. The player usually very optimistic about his own injury availability. So uh, until we see something that says uh, that this is anywhere near true, I'm going to believe the first report that we gave you. Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey both put in limited practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Andrews, when asked about playing on this, uh, at, when asked about playing this Sunday, said, "God willing." So, take that for what uh, you want, I suppose. But at least he's out there for some limited practices. I'd say both these guys have a better than 50-50 shot of playing. But uh, I would have said the same about Andrews last week. So again, just keep an eye on it. Broncos tight end Greg Dulcich will be sidelined multiple weeks with a hamstring injury. The good news for my Denver Broncos just keeps rolling in. Cody, do you have any other news or NFL-related updates to give before we jump into the matchups? I this I guess this is news because it's a player update. Jerry Judy's status in fantasy apps was changed from questionable to healthy today. Um, oh, I don't great. know. Yeah, I mean, I I guess that means he's good to go. I don't know if that injury is going to linger a little bit or affect his playing time on Sunday. Hopefully we get a little bit more info on Friday about that. But full participant in practice and uh, seems to be healthy and ready to roll for this weekend, at least do per boy, reports. Boy, do we need him. Jeez. Um, yeah, that's that's really good news for the Broncos. They absolutely need a uh, some sort of dynamic talent on their offense right now. And Judy can provide it when he is right. So uh, we'll get to that Denver and Washington game later on here. That will actually be part of this episode because it is in uh, the AFC home game section. Uh, Before we jump into the matchups, I just want to give a plug to our best bet show. Uh, Put a lot of work into researching some stats for my best bets this week. uh, And I feel very good about them. Cody, I uh, I hope you do as well, but we have a, we had a good start to the year four and two in week one, please give that a listen. That should come out on Saturday. Uh, It's been very successful. It's pretty short digestible episode as well. So uh, you'll be able to turn that out in 15 or 20 minutes and make yourself some money. All right, Cody, 
Let's jump into the matchups. First one here, Las Vegas at Buffalo. Buffalo, eight and a half point favorites at home. Over under a solid 47 here. Uh, starting with the road team, the Raiders. Jimmy G, uh, he's pretty much only a two QB league play uh, almost every week until we see anything different from this offense. I think he's a fine super flex play in this matchup, but nothing more than that. Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams are certainly in your lineup. Uh, the only real lineup question we have from the Raiders is Jacoby Myers, and that will depend on health. He actually did not make it into my news update, but he did not practice on Thursday either. So I would expect him to not go this weekend. Concussions are pretty black and white when it comes to playing, though. So if he's healthy, I think you can throw him out there. Uh, but I would just make other plans. I'd say there is a good chance that he misses at least one week with that concussion. Uh, Cody, do you have anything else to add on the Raiders? They're pretty easy this week. They are super easy this week. My only note on Jacoby Myers is luckily you didn't draft him or pick him up to be an immediate starter for your team. So hopefully your roster still looks pretty good, uh, even if he's unable to go. So make sure to have a backup plan. But like you said, with concussions, if he plays, I think he's a fine play in PPR leagues based off what we saw while he was out there. Yeah, we told you on Thursday, or excuse me, uh, I guess that, that podcast did come out on Thursday. We recorded on Wednesday, but we told you that if you were going to go pick him up, uh, you were going to have to wait a week most likely anyway. So I think most people were expecting that when they hit the wire this past week. Uh, so yeah, they, like you said, you are not probably weren't relying on him to start the year anyway. Uh, but yeah, he's a good bench stash right now, even if he does not to play in this game. On the Buffalo side, uh, Josh Allen's obviously in your lineup. Stephon Diggs is obviously in your lineup. I think James Cook is pretty close to a lineup lock as well. Uh, he might not have been drafted as a starter in some leagues, but this is a pretty good matchup at home. His team's favored by a ton, and his involvement was really nice in the Jets game. He didn't have incredible production, but that's a really, really good defense on the road. I think if he gets, uh, I believe it was 18 opportunities and six targets, if he gets that again against this Raiders team, he should definitely be in your lineup. Do you have any uh, qualms about Cook, or are you starting him? Nope, no qualms. Just want to note he played in 59% of snaps. Both the other running backs did not get over 20 or they were right at 20%. So he has a stranglehold on the number one spot. Hopefully as the season progresses, we see him worked into the two-minute drill and a little bit more on third downs because that's when he was coming off the field. But as a guy who drafted Cook in multiple leagues and recommended him quite a bit, I feel pretty good about that one right now. Yeah, and then Stefan Diggs, as I said, he's in your lineup. Gabe Davis, I think this is just uh, this is going to be every week with Gabe Davis. It's how lucky do you feel? This is as good as week as any for him to hit a big one. The Raiders secondary does not scare you, but I think Gabe Davis. It's hard for me to you know I could run through some flex level guys that you know we could say whether we play him or not over that particular player. But in my opinion, Gabe Davis is all about your matchup. If you are up against it, against a really good team that you are projected to, say, lose by 15 to 20, Gabe Davis is probably a good play. He is somebody that, uh, as is well documented, is either going to boom or bust, even more so than most wide receivers. So I think you really just got to assess your situation. If you think, again, you are trailing against a good team, I'd throw Gabe Davis out there as opposed to some other flex-level player. But if you think uh, you know you have a good shot of winning this week, if you just can get... 10 or 15 points from your flex, I would probably go the other direction. So do you have anything to add on Davis? No, not at all. At least not from a fantasy perspective. I just want to point out he was on the field for 94% of snaps last week, only earned himself four targets. So this is the definition of a boom bust kind of play. He's probably going to be that the entire season. Obviously you hope he gets worked in a little bit more, but just know what you have in the player and, and know what to expect. His floor could be 
two catches for 20 yards. His ceiling could be, you know, six catches for 140 and two touchdowns. You just, you never know what kind of Gabe Davis you're getting from week to week. And then Dalton Kincaid, I think, showed some promise in week one, but nothing that is jumping off the page here. Four targets, probably about what we expected, but uh, was not, you know, knocking your socks off with that production. I think he's a fine low-end start, but not much more. I think you probably have better options. I don't know if there were that many people that drafted Kincaid as a starter. Are you more bullish on Kincaid than me, or are you calling him uh, basically a streaming-level player right now at the tight end position? He is a streaming-level player for me. All four of his receptions basically happened in the – three of them happened in the first half. The fourth one was basically right as the third quarter was getting going. So he was not targeted for most of the second half when the Bills were trying to move the ball. Dawson Knox was more involved at the tight end position at that point in the game. So, well, I think Kincaid will continue to get worked in a little bit more. I think that – I'm good holding him. I'm not dropping him for, you know, another no. low-end level player because I think he can turn into something. But this early in the season, as a rookie, probably just needs a little bit more time to get worked into the offense. Dawson Knox ran one more route than Kincaid last week. They both ran a decent amount of routes, 39 to 38. But just keep that in mind. He has not really established himself as the true one here in the tight end room. Knox uh, also played a lot more in line. Kincaid, as we expected, was lined up in the slot and outside uh, a little bit more than his counterpart there on the Bills. So uh, he is, you know, still kind of ha- still has that low floor because he's not the full time guy. So just keep that in mind when you are considering Kincaid. Jumping to the next game here, Baltimore at Cincinnati, divisional matchup. Cincinnati favored by three and a half points at home. Over-under is 46 and a half. The book's not worried about Cincinnati's offense at all here based on that line. So uh, take that for what you will. On the Baltimore side, uh, I don't know if we need to have a conversation about Lamar Jackson after disappointing week one. I think if you drafted him as your starter, you're definitely throwing him out there unless you you know, also drafted Tua or something like that. Even he doesn't have a great matchup this week, though. So I think you got to throw him out there. I did see an interesting stat earlier today. He only had one design run last week, and it was a quarterback sneak on, I believe, a third and one. He had 86 designed runs in 12-plus games last year, so not even a full season. Uh, That was part of my concern with this offense. I really hope they get him a couple more designed runs this week. But uh, do you have any worries about Jackson? I just want to see him look elite again. You know, we haven't seen him look elite from a fantasy perspective since week three of last year. And, you know, that's quite a long time. So the potential of, you know, the old Lamar may not be coming back is definitely on the table right now. Obviously, you hope it's just a little bit of rust getting knocked off. But if he's not utilizing those legs, his fantasy value goes way down. We basically saw it last year or last week when. Justin Fields did not really run the ball very much. I mean, if these elite runners do not run, their fantasy value just kind of gets tanked. So hopefully there's some more design runs in that offense. But, yeah, it's it's kind of concerning. Yeah, you got to keep him out there a couple more weeks, though, to see how his sure. utilization plays out. Uh, in the running back room, I have no confidence uh, suggesting any of these guys right now, especially because Melvin Gordon might be active in this one. Who knows how they split up the the workload between those three guys, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and Melvin Gordon. For now, I think they are just bench stashes. If you're super desperate uh, in a deep league, you had J.K. Dobbins and you had to pick one of these guys up, I would rather start Justice Hill. Uh, But it is not with much confidence. Uh, Cody, do you have any more words of wisdom than I do for this situation, or how do you feel? 
Yeah, I mean, my words of wisdom would be just avoid it if you can. I mean, yeah. any, any one of them that you start, you're not going to be able to bank on volume, so you're just hoping that they either get some pass-catching opportunity or touchdowns, which are kind of going to be very lucky when we're looking at what could be three running backs back there. So just avoid them at all costs if you absolutely have to. I'll just go with Justice Hill as well because I don't have a good argument for any of the other options. Yeah, I think we saw him get that goal line work last week, and that's basically all I'm going off of. So I uh, could easily go to Gus Edwards this time around, but I'll take my chances on Justice Hill. Uh, he'll also probably be the, the pass catching back. Gus Edwards has, I believe, like 19 yeah. catches in his career right now. So uh, it'll probably be Hill in that regard. Uh, in the wide receiver room, it's pretty much Zay Flowers and not much else from a fantasy perspective, at least right now. Bateman was the other guy we were, you know, maybe high on, I guess, compared to consensus coming into the season, but he was the third man up as far as snaps were concerned. So he's a bench stash until he shows he's a full-time player. I think Zay Flowers is a fine play though. I'd call him a high-end wide receiver three. Uh, Would you start him over? Let's look at some names here. How about George Pickens against the Cleveland Browns? Yes, I would 100% start him over George Pickens, but that's more of my anti-bias towards George Pickens than anything coming out. How about Jahan Dotson against the Denver Broncos? So that's going to be an interesting topic when we get to that game because there's a chance that good old Sertan's just shadowing McLaurin and Dotson could be in yeah. line for a big game. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go Dotson on that one. Don't want to spoil later on in the show when we talk about that matchup, but yeah, I, I think I'm leaning I, Dotson over Flowers for sure. That is an interesting conversation, actually. So, yeah, we'll, we'll save that one uh, for the Denver-Washington game. And then one more here, Khalil Herbert or Zay Flowers. Ooh, that one's tough. Um, who do the Bears play? I know Tampa Bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, mm-hmm. I'll go Zay Flowers in any form of PPR format. Maybe in I non, would I would go Khalil Herbert just for the safety net, but I'm probably still leaning Zay Flowers in all three if I'm looking for upside. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'd probably go Khalil and Nan and definitely Zay in half and full PPR. Uh, yeah, and like we said, not really considering any of the other wide receivers for Baltimore right now. Just keep him on your bench until we see more. Mark Andrews, if he's in there, he's in your lineup. We talked about his injury earlier. Just keep an eye on it. Uh, does Mark Andrews' injury give you more or less confidence in Zay Flowers if he plays or doesn't play? I, I actually don't think I changed my opinion that much. It doesn't change that much because if Mark Andrews is in there, the defense has to focus on him, can yeah. open up some options for Zay Flowers. If Mark Andrews is not there, you're going to get more opportunity to Zay Flowers. So I think yeah. they're kind of going to balance each other out. I think just yeah. go ahead and, and fire him up either way. Exactly. I would have said the exact same thing. On Cincinnati's side, they, like once again this week, are the easiest team in fantasy for us to talk about. They have three-star position players that you are locking into your lineup and a quarterback you are locking in your lineup as well. Joe Burrow's in. Joe Mixon's in. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are in. I know they all dudded last week, but uh, this is an absolutely elite offense that deserves another week for sure to shake the rust off. I think if they completely dud us again, we can start to have a conversation. But for now, they're all in your lineup, no questions. Um, And then Herb Smith. We need to see him in a week where the offense doesn't just completely shit the bed for us to even you know, recommend him as a possible streamer. So uh, I, I don't really have much to say on him. Either. You're, you have better options. So start the other four. Herb Smith, no thank you. Yep, just a name at this point. I agree with you. And fire up all those Cincinnati options. They, they should, you should not be worried about them whatsoever. 
Chargers at the Titans. The Chargers are two and a half point road favorites in this one. The over under 45 and a half. Interesting game here in a lot of respects, I believe. On the Chargers side, you are absolutely starting Justin Herbert. You are starting Austin Eckler if he's in. And I think you are certainly starting Josh Kelly if Austin Eckler sits. If Austin Eckler plays, do you have any interest in playing Josh Kelly? I think you can this week. It's going to be a nasty play, but if you absolutely have to, go ahead and fire him up. Um, with Eckler missing practice yet again today, I don't think that they're just going to go out there and give him a big allotment of snaps. Um, I think Kelly could get the majority of rushing downs, and if, if Eckler does play, he could be their goal line or third down guy. So I'm okay playing him. I think it's a little stinky. You do got to be weary of a potential dud week from it, but with, just with the injury news coming out about Eckler, I, I'd feel okay playing him. I would normally, uh, the fact that they are on the road against the Titans does scare me a bit. This rush Fair. defense was fantastic yeah. last year and really good again in week one. Uh, they did play Jamal Williams and the Saints. That might not be one of the better rushing attacks until uh, they get Kamara back, but still, uh, Kelly is not necessarily the explosive you know, outside rusher. He kind of makes his bones between the tackles, similar to Williams. So I think he's going to have tough sledding. I would probably look elsewhere, but um, even if Austin Eckler, he should get some work. So if you had to spend up in fab for him and you lost a running back or two last week, you can put him in there and be assured he's not going to completely dud you. It's just going to be a tough, it's a really tough matchup on the road for him specifically, just based on the way that he plays the game. Uh, wide receiver room. Keenan Allen's in there for sure. I think Mike Williams is close to a lock as well. I really like this matchup for him against a suspect Titan secondary. Three different New Orleans wide receivers had solid games last week, and that is not a passing offense that projects as one of the you know more elite units in the NFL. So the Tennessee Titans were one of the classic funnel defenses last year. It looks like they're shaping up to be that way again here where they stop the run really well and do not play the pass well. So you want to start your wide receivers against them. Do you have anything to add on Mike Williams? No, make sure you definitely fire him up. I think he he's definitely yeah. a must-start against this Titans secondary. Even if he didn't have the best scoring week one, he did miss most of the game, and I really didn't even expect him to come back when he did, and he had a couple of catches in the fourth quarter. So he's involved when he's out there. It's just health is the biggest question mark. I did want to ask, are you interested in all with either Palmer or Johnston since they are playing the Titans this week in deeper leagues, or are those still just too risky to, to trust at this point? Yeah, the, the problem is is that both of them sort of got on the field. Uh, there was no like clear wide receiver three between the two of them. I think if one of them were to kind of separate from the other, we could start to view them as flex plays. But uh, for now, I think you just have to wait for that situation to uh, kind of figure itself out. I think both of them are decent bench stashes, though, because like you said, Mike Williams got hurt last week, missed a chunk of the game. He has been very injury-prone throughout his career, and then you have a 31, maybe 32-year-old Keenan Allen, I can't remember, but he's been you know, no stranger to injuries as well. So both of those guys should be bench stashes. I think there's a decent chance in some shallower leagues that uh, one or both of them got dropped uh, last week because of the low production, but I think they're both guys that are fine bench stashes because they could have some value as the year moves forward here. Do you have any interest in Gerald Everett? I was pretty discouraged with what I saw. He split a lot more with Donald Parham than I expected. Only three targets last week. Only 68% of the snaps in week one. I am looking elsewhere, even in a good matchup. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. I I was wondering if you'd have any hope with Palmer or Johnston, just because I think we're both out on Gerald Everett as the potential third option in this passing offense. Just splitting time with Parham and just not really being effective when he's on the field. Just I think there's better options this week, and probably going forward, he's just going to be on a very limited basis. You know, last year he really was good when there were other injuries to wide receivers and stuff. So something happens like that, he may be brought back up. But for now, I think he's a miss. On the Tennessee side, Ryan Tannehill gets a pretty good matchup here. Tua obviously lit up this secondary last week. He does not have nearly the same caliber of uh, weapons that Tua does, but uh, shouldn't be the toughest matchup in fantasy moving forward. He's a fine 2QB stream if you need him. That's about it. Derrick Henry's obviously in your lineup. DeAndre Hopkins, we talked about him earlier. It's a fantastic matchup, and he is locked in to your lineup this week if he's healthy, but uh, you just got to keep an eye on the ankle. Uh, Do you have anything to add on Hopkins or Henry before I move on to Okonkwo? I don't have much to say about him either, obviously. If if, uh, D-Hop happens to miss, are you okay with just throwing Burks in your lineup, or are you kind of scared off of Burks? That is interesting. I, I would definitely be intrigued by that. Uh, let's let's go ahead and look at some names here. Uh, let's say D-Hop misses. Would you play Burks or Zay Flowers from earlier? I'm still going Zay Flowers. I just I feel like he's already more in, entrenched in that offense than where, where Burks is You know, in the second year of his career. How about Gabe Davis or Traylon Burks? I see them very similarly, but I like the matchup yeah, here for Traylon Burks, so I'd go Burks over Davis. Okay, nice. Good call. Good call. How about one more here? Terry McLaurin with a potential Pat Sertan shadow uh, or Burks with no Hopkins. Dang, that is, I mean, that is tough because you're, if you're sitting here right now and telling me that Sertan is shadowing McLaurin, I am benching him in every league that I can. So uh, if I think that's going to be the case, I'm preparing for that to be the case. So I would start Traylon Burks if D Hop sits. And uh, if you believe McLaurin's going to get shadowed by Sertan with turf toe. I, I don't think he's going to have a, pr- a good week at all. Okay, so I think we both think Burks is actually a pretty interesting option if Hopkins does miss this game. It doesn't look like we expect that to be the case, but uh, all we have to go off right now is two DNPs on Wednesday and Thursday. So it's still in the you know realm of possibility at this point. So keep that in mind, Burks. If he's on your waiver wire and you don't you know love your wide receiver two or your flex, he's someone to keep in mind. Thank you, Frank and Margo, for making your entrance into the podcast. Chico Conquo, the last guy on the Titans, I think maybe becomes interesting similarly if Hopkins misses. If Hopkins is in, I'm not going anywhere near him. He only had two targets last week, no catches. Did play 83% of the snaps, but uh, I can't go off of someone that completely goosed me last week. That you know was perspective coming in anyway. Do you have any interest in him if uh, Hopkins sits or we – uh, you know, are there better options? If Hopkins sits, it's a really dangerous play. I think Still you have risky. better options yeah. either way. I mean, the offseason hype for him is really flaming out. He was the fantasy community's tight end darling for most of the offseason. And ever since D-Hop has shown up, it has just been a fire extinguisher all over him. Yeah, I think we are uh, waiting and seeing on Okonkwo at this point, even if Hopkins doesn't play. Let's move on to your Kansas City Chiefs, Cody. They travel to Jacksonville. Three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road are the Chiefs over under a very juicy 51 points in this game. On the Kansas City side, you are obviously starting Patrick Mahomes. 
Conversation gets interesting past that, though. Isaiah Pacheco, he only played 48% of snaps in Week 1. He did dominate work out of the backfield for the most part. Clyde Edwards-Alaire kind of got in there in the fourth quarter a little bit, but I think Pacheco was the clear lead guy. Uh, Got a little more in the way of target share than we'd expect normally for him, but let me just throw out some names and see how you feel about Pacheco. I think that's going to be the easiest way to gauge our interest. How about uh, Isaiah Pacheco or any Washington player? against the Broncos. Ooh, any Washington player is interesting. I'd definitely go Jahan Dotson over Pacheco, and then I'm also okay. leaning Brian Robinson over Pacheco just based off of what I've seen in week one. I think it is a tough matchup for him, but if he has a stranglehold on that running back room in Washington, his volume should be enough to make him fantasy viable. Let me cycle through some more running back names. I have a couple wide receivers listed here. How about Rashad White versus the Chicago Bears? Oh, that one's tough because that is two players that I am not very high on. Um, Right. I'm going to go Rashad White in the plus matchup. And again, I know there's some other options there, but, you know, he's he's on the field for much more than 48 percent of the snaps, or at least I I assume he is based on what I remember from that game. So I'm going to go White, but not very confidently. Last one here, Tyler Algier versus the Green Bay Packers or Isaiah Pacheco. Hmm. I dang that one's also tough because I I feel like just people may be a little bit too high on Green Bay. They did play the Bears last week, and the Bears might be the worst defense in the NFL. So uh, just vice versa. I don't know if really the running game got enough run from the Bears. Um, yeah, that one is tough. I'm probably barely leaning Pacheco, but it's kind of a toss up at that point. Yeah, I think uh, that kind of says a lot about how we feel about Pacheco. We are really struggling with him and Tyler Algier, who we would probably consider a lower end flex option. So I don't think we are too, uh, you know, too hasty to back up Pacheco here. That you can you can bench him if you have better options, but uh, he if, should be the lead guy in Kansas City, so he's got a good chance of scoring a touchdown. If both teams' game plans work out 100% perfectly, I wouldn't doubt if Tyler Algier has double the amount of touches as Isaiah Pacheco does. Like, yeah, it's just uh, the the Atlanta Falcons want to run the ball, and the Chiefs want to throw the ball basically 70% of the time if they can. So. Yep. It is, it's more or less just, I don't, if you're getting, if you're only running the ball a certain percentage and you're splitting it amongst three people, it just makes it very, very tough as a family fantasy analyst to have confidence in them. Anyone in this wide receiver room, you even have a modicum of confidence in right now, Rasheed Rice, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, anyone you are recommending a flex play on or even a bench dash right now, what's your feel on this Kansas City wide receiver room? I think I'm okay with basically ditching Sky Moore. I don't want to overreact to week one, but we're going off of a year in one week of just data we have for him now. Tony and Rasheed Rice, I'm okay with stashing on the bench. Obviously, if you uh, listen to our our preview from last week, I wasn't the biggest Tony fan at the start of the second one because of what he did to the Chiefs last week, but he was involved. I mean, five five targets were the most on the team received by Rice, Tony, and uh, Noah Gray, so... I'd stash those two if you have the extra spot, but I'm not specifically reserving a bench spot for him. If there's someone better on your waiver wire, feel free to drop them and go get them. You know what's crazy is, is there three Jacksonville wide receivers you'd rather start over any single Kansas City wide receiver in this game? Yeah, I think we'll get into Jacksonville in a second. Christian Kirk I'm a little iffy about, but yeah, you're not wrong. I mean... 
How it's, does the best quarterback in the world have no wide receivers we can start, Cody? It makes the issue no is he sense to me at is all. It's because he has six wide receivers that the Chiefs just want yeah. to continue to work in. And it's like, oh, it's I, I am really hoping that the Buccaneers just go in the tank and we can make a move for Mike Evans and, and actually have a real wide receiver one on this team again because I, I like spreading the ball around. I think it helps the offense in some ways, but – all of these wide receivers just have such limited ceilings. It's it's obnoxious. Yeah, I mean, I, I am obviously not the biggest Chiefs fan in the world, but it is super disappointing to have one of the best offenses in the NFL have only basically two legitimate fantasy options and then, you know, a flex-level player in Isaiah Pacheco. It's very frustrating week to week to try and predict who the hell is going to get the ball from Patrick Mahomes. It is, like you said, it's basically Kelsey and then a wide receiver by committee behind him. Um, Kelsey himself, obviously, in your lineup if he plays. Similar to Mark Andrews, though, just keep an eye on him. Not guaranteed as of now. Definitely uh, looks better than it did last week, though. Jacksonville, uh, we are starting Trevor Lawrence. Should be a very high-scoring game. You drafted him to be your starter. Keep him in there. Travis Etienne looked great last week. He is the clear lead guy. He's in your lineup. Calvin Ridley, if you drafted him in the third round, you got a steal. Looks like a top-10 guy, wide receiver. Really, really involved. Trevor Lawrence looked to him early and often. Uh, you should be thrilled with how uh, that played out last week. Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, how are we feeling about them? Uh, are you leaning one way or the other? I have a slight lean to Kirk myself. Might be slightly biased, though. I have to play him in a couple leagues. What do you think? Yeah, I don't feel strongly either way. I'd say maybe I have a slight lean towards Zay Jones, but that's just because he was on the field more than any other Jacksonville wide receiver last week at 89% of snaps. So. I just think he's going to be out there quite a bit. Like I said in our review show this week, there was an article that came out that Christian Kirk's just not going to be out there on two wide receiver sets. If that continues this week. I'm definitely going to start raising um, a, a warning flag on Christian Kirk, but it's just I'm not going to go off a of one-week sample size and make a strong strong opinion. I think I'm, I'm riding the line, but I'm just slightly leaning towards Zay Jones. You want to beer about me? Just straight up, Calvin Ridley and straight Christian, up. Christian Kirk, Kirk. No, Kirk versus Jones. Kirk oh, versus no, Jones. Oh, not Ridley. I'm an idiot. I was looking right at his Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you don't get Calvin Ridley, all right? Calm come down, on. Man. Come on. Give me him. Uh, yes, I will I will take that one. All right. I'll take that one for sure. It. I'll do Zay Jones. You get Christian Kirk. Hell yeah. Okay, sweet. All right. So for this week, uh, or actually tonight, I have Rashad Penny over Madison, and I also have Christian Kirk over Zay Jones. I feel terribly about both of those, but uh my boys are gonna pull through for me um yeah i'd say both of them in as far as fantasy is concerned i'd say that you know this is a great matchup uh for the, yep. the jacksonville jaguars both teams are gonna be throwing the ball a ton uh presumably so i think they're both very solid flex plays i would play both of them over uh zay flowers and some of the other you know flex level players that we went through already in this episode gabe davis uh both the washington guys um Personally, I would play these Jacksonville guys over them. I just want pieces of this game. Yep, I am right there with you for sure. Evan Ingram, similar situation. Five for 49 was good for tight end seven last week, so he is currently sitting as the tight end seven overall. High-scoring game, fire him up. He was involved enough for the tight end position uh, to you know be a lineup lock. It does not take much right now. Uh, do you have anything else on Jacksonville and Casey? I do not. Let's go ahead and kick it off with Indianapolis at Houston. Houston is favored by a point at home. The over-under is a pretty stinky 39. Let's start on the Indianapolis side. We have Anthony Richardson, quarterback. Uh, Fantasy Pros actually has him ranked as the QB8 on the week. I think that is 
kind of egregious. I think he's a stay away from me. We have documented plenty of times how bad quarterbacks are against this Houston defense. Again, not because the defense is that good, but because they're so bad against the run game that the quarterbacks don't have to be effective. Um, he also took a lot of hits in the first game, so I would hope that his running is going to be a little bit more under control, especially against a a lesser, I don't want to call him a lesser, but a lesser opponent in the Houston Texans. Uh, a couple names here. Would you rather play Richardson or Jared Goff uh, against Seattle? I'll take Goff. I really like him as a streamer this week. That is a, a very nice setup for him at home in a dome against a Seattle team that just got lit up by Matt Stafford and the Rams. Yep, I agree with you there. Watson, Deshaun Watson at Pittsburgh or Anthony Richardson? Man, this one's close. Both of them have very low over-unders. Uh, I'll take Richardson. I think his rushing floor is just slightly higher than Watson's. Uh, I do get a little scared about the knee thing, but uh, he – he said he injured it early on in the game, and he still ran plenty, so I'll take Richardson. Yep. And then your favorite guy, Brock Purdy, at the Rams or Anthony Richardson? I'll take the upside of Richardson. <laughs> I don't blame you. All right, let's go to the running back rooms. Uh, running back room, Zach Moss with a full practice on Wednesday. If he maintains, he's the only running back I'd play. This is a favorable matchup for running backs, but even if something happens and Moss has to miss again, I don't think I'm turning back to Deion Jackson just no, I, I just do not no. have any faith of him as a player. And I wanted to point out Zach Moss. He's only rostered in 35% of sleeper leagues. He's definitely a guy that needs to be on some roster. So make sure to go check that out, especially these next couple of weeks before Jonathan Taylor eventually or potentially returns. Uh, any comments on the running back room? Yeah, I mean, I think Moss looks pretty good this week. I think he will be thrust out there and get a decent amount of volume. We've already harped on how poor the Houston run defense was last year and then was again in week one. They allowed three rushing touchdowns, uh, one to uh, my boy J.K. Dobbins, RIP, and then two more to Justice Hill. So uh, I think I would play Zach Moss over guys like Dalvin Cook, Khalil Herbert, um, Gus Edwards, uh, Tyler Algier. So I think he falls into the, you know, not quite RB2 range, but just below that into the solid flex range. Better play in nine and half PPR than full. But uh, I'm okay with him this week as a solid, you know, fill in type of guy. There you go. Absolutely. Got to love the Zach Moss endorsement in 2023. No, probably it's, probably it's, what we were no, not expecting bad, to be talking about. <laughs> no, nope. you know, running back position got ugly early this year, so it is what it is. <laughs> For sure. Uh, Nick, while we transition to the wide receiving room, I want to I want to go to this first question to you. Do you think Pittman is in must-start territory after last week's performance? I don't know about must start, but I think he is, uh, you can start him with a lot more confidence. I thought his target floor, I guess we don't know what his target floor is yet. That's TBD, but the fact that he got 11 last week makes me feel like his target floor is higher than I believed it was. So that gives me a little more confidence rolling him out there. Houston pass defense, as you uh, mentioned, usually pretty good, but that's mostly because they're so bad against the run. So I don't think this is a terribly tough matchup. I'd be okay throwing him out there as a low-end wide receiver, too, this week. All righty. Sounds good. And then I just want to touch on Alec Pierce and Josh Downs. If you listen to our Thursday Night Football preview, uh, you know Josh Downs is one of my beat-the-wire picks. I think both of them, at the best, are just deep-league dart throws. Both of them may, may get a long touchdown. Both of them could also give you zero points. So I, I'd stay away if you can, but if you have to, I think that you can throw them out yeah. there. 
stashes. That's it. Yep. And then uh, I don't think there's a tight end on the Colts that you're interested nope. in at this time. So let's jump over to Houston. We got CJ Stroud. He had a rough intro into the NFL last week against the Ravens. He should look better this week, but I'm still keeping him out of starting range, even in two QB leagues. Yep. Uh, Damian Pierce, I think he's pretty much a must play. I would expect his workload to increase in what should be a little bit more of an even matchup. Uh, especially as we get later into the game. I don't think that the uh, – oh, lost my train of thought. I do not think that the Texans are going to be down by a couple scores and having to throw the ball the last few possessions. Yeah, agree on Pierce. Just want to see that snap share come up, but this should be a better situation for him. Absolutely. And then one guy I wanted to talk about on the in the receiving room, Nico Collins. He was the top target getter last week with, with 11 targets. Turned that into 80 yards. Still probably only viable in deeper leagues, but would you rather play Nico Collins or Drake London against Green Bay this week? Oh, give me Collins. Easily give me Collins. Drake London not only will have the little pass volume uh, problem, but he will be shadowed by potentially the best corner in the NFL, Jair Alexander. No, thank you. All righty. Would you rather play Nico Collins or a Puka Nakua who did not practice today due to an oblique injury? Oh, really? I did not just, see that. Just came uh, across the ticker right before I got into the Texans. Wow. So. Okay. Um, I, I'll go with the Kua. Obviously, 15 targets was impressive. He has a little bit more of a, uh, you know experienced quarterback. Slightly better matchup to Collins, but I'll go with Nakua without much knowledge on the injury situation. Obviously, if that's a problem, uh, you got to go Collins, but Nakua if he's out there. All right. And then the grossness himself, Michael Thomas at Carolina or Nico Collins this week. Oh, man, that is tough. I'll go Collins. I think he has a higher target floor. Uh, there are all of a sudden three mouths to feed in that New Orleans passing game. And um, on the road to Carolina, it's not the best matchup either. It should be a lower scoring game. Uh, yeah, Same as this one, but Collins is the clear one. Yeah, I agree with you. Rashid Shahid showed me a little bit last week to kind of move me off of Thomas. You look I don't good. Think that he's going to be the number two, you know, pretty consistently every week. So I like Olave yeah. quite a bit. And then after him, it's kind of dart throws there. So I would also go... I go Collins over Thomas and London as well, and then Nakua. We'll have to wait till that Friday injury report now. See what's going on yeah. with him, but I'm still going Nakua for the time being if he is playing. Uh, and then the tight end room, Dalton Schultz. I'm out on Schultz for right now. Hopefully he gets more involved. Hopefully CJ Stroud looks a little bit better. But even for the tight end position, he's kind of the lower end options at the moment. Yeah, I think there's a chance he'll become a streaming level player later in the year. I don't think his fantasy you know value is going to be totally zero for the rest of the year but for now it's hard to trust yeah absolutely all right washington at denver denver favored by three and a half the over under at 39 let's start on the washington side quarterback sam howell he is in two qb range but the Den- denver's defense still looks really good i would lower his expectations considerably this week and probably even pivot to some lesser options uh just due to the matchup do you have any more confidence in sam howell against your broncos now, two QB league play, that's about it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into the running backs. Brian Robinson, Robinson and Antonio Gibson. Denver's defense stuffed Josh Jacobs for most of last week. He um, he did not look very good against their rush defense. I don't have a lot of confidence in either guy, but Robinson can be a back-end RB2 to a flex play just based on volume if he gets all of it like he did last week. Gibson's a bench stash for me. He only got four touches, so until I see him get more work done, I cannot recommend him. Yeah, definitely not touching Gibson. Uh, Robinson should get a decent amount of volume. Our rush defense was not great last year. was pretty good in week one. I don't really know what to make of it yet. Uh, just the low over-under does not you know, give you a ton of confidence. 
Would you rather play Robinson or one of the other guys on the other side of the field here, Pirine or uh, Javante? Um, I think I would go. I think I'd go Brian Robinson. I, I've really I had a pretty big too. turnaround on him over the past week, just based. I mean, if he's getting all of the work of this running get the back room, mm-hmm. I I will take that. I mean, well, when we get to the Denver guys, they basically split directly right down the middle. So. I'm getting a little bit more volume one way against a tougher matchup. I think I'm leaning that, but I just, I think all these options on the commanders this week just have a little bit of a downgrade due to Denver's defense. Yeah, not incredibly inspiring, but I'd probably put Brian Robinson just above the Zach Moss range I gave earlier. So uh, above Javante, above P Ryan, above Algier, Zach Moss, those guys, he's uh, just below the RB2 range. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's jump into wide receivers here. We, we kind of hinted at this conversation earlier. I'd recommend playing Dotson and maybe a complete bench for Terry McLaurin this week. Certain Sertan is a shadower, and um, if he shadows McLaurin all, all game with turf toe, I, I think it's going to be a rough week for McLaurin managers. Um, I, I just think Dotson, if he avoids the Sertan shadow, he can have a good week for fantasy football. Uh, may not be the best week overall, but – I don't know. What do you, what do you say about them? Do you think there's a chance Sertan maybe moves to Dotson if he's looking better? So, or? That's exactly what I was going to bring up. Yeah. Is I am not confident McLaurin will be the guy Sertan shadows. I feel like because this is just becoming a bit of a 1A, 1B situation, especially right now since McLaurin's limited, I feel like Sertan might just hold his side. Uh, I don't know if this is a game where he necessarily shadows. Uh, I'm Again, this is just all conjecture. I have no clue what their game plan is going to be. I, I think it just, just, I would say that to say this, uh, I'm not positive that McLaurin is going to be shadowed like Sertan. Like I probably would normally be if McLaurin was hundred percent healthy. So I would not necessarily make my lineup decision based on that. I think both these guys will have their opportunities off of Sertan. Our, uh, our second corner, Damari Mathis looked horrible last week. He got absolutely torched by Jacoby Myers uh, a few times. So I think both these guys will have their chances. I'll take the healthier guy in Dotson. Yeah, I'm there with you. I this is when I'm excited to see how it plays out because there's there's a chance Sertan's just like I am just going to lock down Dotson because he is not their one. Sure, I <laughs> I think it's possible. Yeah, I do. One hundred percent. And then the other pass catcher on this team, Logan Thomas, he had a sneaky week last week just due to the he tight did. end landscape. Um, he's this isn't a game that I'm probably targeting to stream him, but he's definitely in consideration for streamers in the future, and his name should be mentioned. Yeah, we, uh, I don't think we have mentioned his name yet this year on the podcast, but uh, someone that definitely deserves consideration, played 82% of the snaps, got eight targets. Uh, you know, young quarterbacks uh, frequently target their tight ends when, you know, trouble comes uh, their way. Thomas is a big guy, close to the line of scrimmage, someone that's easy for Sam Howell to see when uh, the protection breaks down. So uh, someone to keep an eye on. I'm not ready to necessarily recommend him over uh you know the starting level guys coming into the year though for sure and we think we're about eight minutes from thursday night football so i'll try and i'll try and speed up my end here just a little bit (laughs) quarterback russell wilson pretty simple he didn't show me anything to make him a starter in one qb leagues if i think he's viable and super flex in two qb if you want to throw him in there yeah, that's pretty much it. I like the way this uh, Sean Payton offense looked for him. I think it gives him a solid floor, but uh, just not not ready to stream him in one quarterback league. So yep. tough matchup too. 
Absolutely. Uh, the running back room is muddy currently for the Denver Broncos. Javante Williams and Samaj P. Ryan were both on the field for 45% of snaps last week. And I don't necessarily <laughs> che- see that changing too that much. Maybe a little bit more towards Williams as he gets healthier and on the field a little bit. But I think they're extremely risky. Would you rather play the Denver running backs or Zay Flowers at Cincinnati? Give me Zay Flowers. Uh, I really think these guys are interesting later in the year, though. Sean Payton, this is the Sean Payton offense. It looks just like it did in New Orleans. Uh, they utilize their running backs heavily. If they ever get this thing you know, rolling later in the year, if these guys get more comfortable, both of these guys could have a lot of value. But for now, uh, the offense was not clicking against a worse defense last week, so I need to see a little more before I am confidently putting them in their lineup, putting them in my lineup anyway. Absolutely. Let's say you are having to make the decision between Williams in Algier or Pirine in Algier. Where are you going? Don't do this to me. This is really tough. I think Algier gets more work. I think in half and full PPR, I'll take Williams and Pirine and non. I'll give the nod to Algier. Okay. I think that's a pretty good line to draw. I I think that you're basically seeing – Very close though. Yeah, Algiers probably going to get a similar amount of work in Atlanta that Javante and Samaj are both getting in Denver. So I think it's a pretty yes. it's a pretty tough line. I like the draw drawing the line there based on um, on the format that you're format. playing. Thank mm-hmm. you. All right, wide receiver room. We got Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, and then Marvin Mims is in consideration if Judy does happen to sit, but it looks like he's going to be out there per Fantasy Pros. Uh, where am I going here? Okay, Jerry Judy, apparently, per Fantasy Pros, he reportedly was almost well enough to play in week one, so it seems that he's t- trending towards being active against the Commanders. I put that note in here before his status was changed to healthy. So now his status is healthy. You pretty much assume that Judy is playing. If he plays, are you playing Judy in your fantasy lineups? Sure, I think so. They really need him. Um, he has been the clear target leader over Cortland Sutton when those two have shared the field in the past. Uh, and yeah, I mean, if Sean Payton's a smart guy, which I believe he is in a football sense, uh, I think Judy will be heavily, heavily utilized. They desperately need someone that can, uh, you know, get down the field and threaten defenses a little bit. The problem with the, you know, the way the offense worked last week is the Raiders just played up. They had no reason, you know, they, they put two safeties deep to, to guard against, you know, the deep, deep shot. They didn't have anybody that could really challenge in the intermediate zone. So Jerry Judy can be that guy. I think if he's already you know, given the healthy designation, no injury designation going into Sunday, I'm fine throwing him out there. Absolutely. And how does that change your interpretation of Sutton? Are you don't play him? Don't play him at all. No, thank you. Okay. I'm I'm all for that. No playing Sutton trains. (laughs) I have nothing, nothing to add to that comment there. Uh, Last the name again, just a guy to keep an eye out for Adam Troutman with no Dulcich. No Dulcich for multiple <laughs> weeks. Uh, I think he's definitely a guy who can get involved. And, you know, if he establishes himself, there's a chance that he can just maintain, especially if Dulcich deals with injury. So I don't think I have very much confidence playing him this week, but another guy to keep an eye out for in the tight end room. Any comments yep. on your Denver tight ends? or you get, get uh, that? No, just sad yep. to see Dulcich go down again. I, I really love his talent. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's go over Miami at the New England Patriots. This is actually going to be Sunday night football this week. Miami is favored by three. Over-under is going to be 46.5. Tua, you are throwing them back in your lineup. It is a tougher matchup against New England, but with these receiving options, it's going to be hard for you to find a streamer that you feel better about. Is there any streaming-level quarterback you'd play over Tua? 
Probably not. Okay. No, I mean, it's hard to not have a lot of confidence after what you saw last week. Absolutely. I, I'm right there with you. Let's go to the running backs. Raheem Mostert. I hate the matchup versus New England. Um, but how do you feel? Would you play Mostert over both the Denver guys still? Oh, it's so close. I literally have to make this decision in our league. I'm, I'm, it's between P. Ryan, Mostert, and uh, one other player. I can't remember right now, but um, it's close. I, I'm going Mostert right now because he was the clear lead guy here. He got a lot. Uh, it was like it was like 65, 70 percent of snaps, which is good. He played a lot inside the ten, also good. Uh, and it is a tough matchup versus New England, but you have to figure that the Dolphins are going to have to swing the pendulum a little bit back towards the run game after throwing for 466 yards last week. I don't think Bill Belichick will let that happen. I tend to agree with you there. And then a guy neither of us are too high on, but the matchup is juicy. Rashad White versus Chicago or Raheem Mostert. I'll go Rashad White. I'll throw the disclaimer out there that I think his floor is lower than Mostert's, even though Mostert has the tough matchup. Again, I think Rashad White is always going to be one week away from getting benched at any given time just because I do not believe in his talent, and I think he has a solid young backup behind him. So keep that in mind, but this is a great matchup for White. He should uh, he should be the play here. Yep, absolutely. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, they are in your lineups. And then, hey, another tight yep. end that we can keep an eye out for, Durham Smythe. He was heavily yes, involved. If they are going to have a heavy passing attack, then you know their tight end may have some value. So keep an eye out for Durham Smythe. Let's he move. ran 100% of the routes uh, onto his dropbacks last week. So, yes, go. he is going to be involved even if he only has a you know 10 to 15% target share. It's, it's enough to make him fantasy relevant in the tight end position. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, let's jump over to this New England side. We got Mac Jones. I don't love having to play Jones. He is a Q two QB option. Just basically, if they're losing in this game, he may have to throw it forty plus times again. If that's going to be the case, he may volume himself into a good day like he did last week. I don't really have much else to say about him. Any other comments on Jones? No, it sets up pretty well for him. But yeah, he's just a two QB league consideration. Not uh, not two streaming level in one quarterback leagues yet. Yep, Stevenson is in your lineup. I uh, yep. I want to go ahead and touch on Zeke real quick just because I've been seeing a lot of questions online about Zeke in fantasy leagues and people talking about, you know, should I play Zeke or this guy? So I guess if you're absolutely desperate, I think we're, we were both better drafters. We're not dealing with these uh, issues. So if you are, make sure to tune in to the draft prep shows from the Fantasy Football <laughs> yeah, Podcast please. next year. Uh, we'll we'll speed run these. Would you play a Chiefs wide receiver at Jacksonville or Zeke? I'll take Tony, uh, but I'll play Zeke over the rest. I think there's a chance this becomes a squeaky wheel game for Tony after all the hate over on social yeah, media this I week. So um, I'll take him over Zeke. Yep. Rashid Shahid at Carolina or Zeke? I'll take Rashid Shahid. He looked really good last week. I think they will have a few plays designed for him every week, and he has a lot more explosive upside. Absolutely. And then Tank Bigsby against Kansas City or Zeke Elliott, the battle of backup running backs. That's probably where I draw the line. Zeke is going to get more work than Tank Bigsby. Um, and, you know, that's basically it. When you're, when you're this low, that's all you're looking for. Zeke will get a few more targets and probably the same amount of carries, so I'll take Zeke. Yep, I'm with you there. Let's go Kendrick Bourne and Juju Smith-Schuster here in the wide receiver room. I feel very similar about these guys that I do about Zeke. Maybe you have to plug in Bourne or Juju in a PPR league just based on volume, but that is it. They are not any kind of long-term play or any breakout potential. Uh, any positive things to say about these receivers in, in New England or 
we, we can see. No, I, I think Bourne is the only guy you're stashing here. I am completely off Smith Schuster. There's been some really weird buzz coming out of New England uh, about Smith Schuster's knee not being right, about Juju, you know, not just, just not looking good in practice. There's just been some very weird vibes coming out of New England as it pertains to Juju. So I think Bourne's the only guy you're even considering rostering right now. Yeah, I, I'm there with you. I just threw Juju's name in here. He was sneakily high on the Fantasy Pros rating again. I think that's back-to-back weeks, but if you're getting that kind I of news, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't trust it. Yeah, yeah And then it. I just want to throw out Hunter Henry. Again, this is going to be a situation. I don't love this offense or Mac Jones as the quarterback, but if Mac has 40-plus attempts, Henry seems to be viable in those kind of games. So yeah. you can feel free to plug him in this week if you're streaming tight ends. I think it's a low-floor, low-ceiling kind of play, but – He's probably going to be right somewhere in that middle ground of middling tight ends, so I don't mind it. Yeah, not a horrible streamer at all. Should be a decent matchup. Uh, I'm fine rolling him out there if you have uh, a lower-end guy with a really tough matchup. Absolutely, and then let's get into the last matchup of this episode. If Again, if you are listening, make sure you check out the part two coming out the same day. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Cleveland is favored by 2.5 on the road. The over-under is 38.5. And this actually kicks off ESPN's debut of double headers on Monday night. I think that from a just football fan experience, this is probably one of the dumber things I've seen the NFL agree to in recent years. Just more football is always a good thing on those breakout days, but I don't like the fact that you're not going to be able to watch them simultaneously. They're going to be on different, basically different channels for ESPN, which just makes no sense to me. It makes it more tough to consume. So. That's my little tangent on the ESPN debacle. Let's get into the fantasy football. Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. I do not love the matchup for him, but if you drafted him to be your QB1, I'm not dropping him You know, to go stream someone, and I'm not dropping a good bench piece to go stream someone either. Um, he did actually look pretty good in conditions that made Joe Burrow look terrible last week. So if you had any faith in Deshaun Watson, I don't think you should be wavering based off week one. Yeah, his uh, his rushing was the thing that I think should encourage you the most. He ran quite a bit. Uh, did not look great throwing the ball in those conditions, but neither did a you know elite quarterback in Joe Burrow. So I'm not ready to to panic on that side of things for Watson. Bad matchup, but like you said, not picking up any streamers uh, to throw him to the wire. Absolutely. Nick Chubb is in your lineup. And then I also just wanted yep. to shout out Jerome Ford. He is Nick's beat the wire pick for week two or one of the three. Is there any trust in playing him this week or is he just a stash at this point still? Yeah, not in this matchup. Maybe in a you know game that projects to be super high scoring. You can think about throwing him out there, but this is not the one. Beautiful. All right, let's get into the wide receivers. Amari Cooper is in your lineup. And Elijah Moore actually matched Amari Cooper in targets in week one. Neither were good for fantasy, but in better conditions, I could see Moore getting more involved. Um, I think we're both nice. going to play Puka Nakua. Thank you. We're, we're going to play Puka <laughs> Nakua over him uh, pretty easily. Would you play JSN at Detroit or Elijah Moore this week? This is a really good line because Elijah Moore was actually a bit of a part-time player. He was not the guy in two wide receiver sets. It was DPJ still. So gotcha. uh, that's similar to JSN. He was not the guy in two wide receiver sets. It was Lockett and Metcalf. So both of them are only on the field in three wide receiver plays. I'll go with JSN because he gets a, a game with a better over-under in, uh, inside of a dome in Detroit. Yeah, for sure. And then one more, would you rather play Elijah Moore or Romeo, or Romeo Dobbs, let's say, in a deep league flex play? 
I'll play Dobbs. I actually like Dobbs this week. I think he should be healthier, uh, should play more. He was already, he's basically a part-time player last week, and I think Watson will miss again, so he should be the clear one. Yep, and then David Njoku, just to touch on, he only had two receptions on three targets last week. He's a tight end. I'm not turning away from Njoku yet for a streamer. Uh, do you nope. feel similarly? Awesome. Yep. Cool, cool. Let's jump over to the Pittsburgh side. Let's get this wrapped up. Kenny Pickett. I actually don't have any notes in here for him, but I think I'm avoiding him at this point. I mean, in two QB leagues, he may be a QB two, but he looked very rough last week. I want to see him kind of just get his get his stuff together before I throw him back out there. Do you have confidence in two QB leagues playing him as your QB two? No, I'd, I'd avoid him. I, he This Pittsburgh, or excuse me, the, the Cleveland pass rush looked incredible last week against Joe Burrow. Who knows if that was the conditions or, uh, you know, just – how that's going to be all year, but they have Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith. So it, it really could be a problem all year for quarterbacks. I am no interest in that. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about these running backs here in Pittsburgh. We have Najee Harris, who played 52% of snaps in week one, and Jalen Warren, who played 40% of snaps in week one. So I, I before the season started, I was 100% on the Najee side. I thought this was going to play out a little bit like Zeke and Pollard to where just the more trusted, well-known guy is going to get the run, but doesn't seem like Pittsburgh's going to be leaning that way. My only concern with Warren's uh, snap share is it probably came a lot when they were down, especially in that second half. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, if that if Najee you know moves back up into the 60%, 70% in neutral game script, I think he'll be fine. But this week I think I'm a little bit scared. Let me see here. Nick, are you willing to look past the week due to it being a blowout or – Oh, man, I cannot get my thoughts out. Nick, are you willing to look past last week and trust Najee Harris as an RB2, or do you think this is going to turn into a true timeshare? I think this is a low-end RB2 situation still for Najee. Uh, This should be a week that uh, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers will focus on running the ball. As I said, the, the Browns have a fantastic pass rush. The one place the Bengals were able to slightly move the ball last week was through Joe Mixon. He was pretty efficient on his carries. I think if Pittsburgh is smart, they will feed Najee and uh, try to keep those pass rushers off and pick it and then maybe run some play action once the run game starts working. But uh, this Pittsburgh Steelers offense is a lot better when Harris is going. I think he will uh, get a lot of work this week. Yeah, I I expect him to, especially if the game stays within hand uh, for the Steelers. And then – Shouldn't be able to out like like last week. Definitely not. If it is, then the Browns might have something on their hands. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. Um, all right, let's get into the wide receiver room. I'm only putting Deontay Johnson in here because he said that he's day-to-day, but as Nick kind of said in the beginning, that was from the player. The team basically says yeah. he's going to miss multiple weeks. Trust what the team says. So we're going we're gonna to deduce this down to George Pickens and Allen Robinson. If Johnson is out, which one do you want to play, George Pickens or Allen Robinson? It's disgusting, but I would rather play Robinson, as I uh, have alluded to already twice before now. Uh, the really good pass rush from the Browns scares me off of Pickens. He has, uh, you know, he generally runs downfield routes. Those take time to develop. I don't think they're going to have that, so Robinson will probably be the guy, although that does not mean I recommend playing him necessarily. I think most of the wide receivers we have already talked about, I would rather play, like the lower end options we just spoke about, uh, JSN. And uh, who was the other one that we just talked about? Oh, Elijah Moore on the other side. I'd rather play both of those guys than any Pittsburgh wide receiver. Yeah, I'm very low on both of them as well, but I would go Allen Robinson just based on if if that pass rush is getting to pick it, it's going to be quick plays, and I can see Robinson being a benefactor of that, as well as this next guy, tight end Pat Fryermuth. I think he's a starting level tight end. 
He gets a bump yep. up since Johnson's most likely going to be out. Fire him on up if you drafted him. These are the weeks that you were that you were hoping for. This should be a great week for Fryer Muth. Yep, definitely. Uh, definitely start him. All right, beautiful. That's going to wrap up part one. Like I said, part two will be out the same day, so make sure to check it out. Nick, let's go enjoy some Thursday Night Football. I'll talk to you a little bit later. Let's do it, bub.